I'm David Ferrier. And I'm Stephen Merchant. We're a couple of radio presenters in Australia talking about the greatest shambles of a radio show in the history of broadcast. I'm talking about the Ricky Gervais show on XFM London in the early 2000s, the radio show that introduced Carl Pilkington to the public. We're recapping the show week by week. I'm a longtime fan. This is Zach's first time. Today's show, Series 1, Episode 9, a.k.a. White Van Carl, first broadcast 19th of January. 2002. Zach, overall thoughts? Uh, well, you're asking my, my overall thoughts as if this is the first time that uh, you've asked me this question, but it's not. I mean, you, you describe this podcast as a shambles of a podcast about a shambles of a radio show, and I think that's pretty accurate because we've had a week off because I've been sick, so we tried to record on Monday and we couldn't because I was sick, and then we recorded later in the week and we recorded a whole episode and this episode, and it's now uh, yep. in the ether somewhere, deleted off a system, doesn't no longer exists in the world. Yeah, accurate. So this is the third time, third time we're attempting to record this episode. At least my side is deleted because I was in a, at the office and you were at home, and literally when there was about two minutes to go, we were just wrapping up. I looked over and saw that the recording had crashed. So we completely lost it. And that's after already missing last week because you were sick. Then we went to record yesterday and news for anyone outside of Brisbane, we've gone back into lockdown. That's right. I forgot about that. That's, <laughs> so this is the fourth time we've tried to record this episode. It's something like that. It's just everything. And just before we hit record on this, you were like, oh, my recorder's not turning on. So, yeah, we are back in lockdown. I'm at home, not in the bathroom this time, luckily. No, I decided. I that. Yeah, I thought, I'm just going to go in the spare room. It's lockdown. There's not much traffic outside. I'm just going to go for it. Go for it, mate. Why not? So, this is, uh, if we make it through this episode, it's a feat in itself. If you're hearing this right now, you don't know the remarkable effort that's happened to get this Onto the podcast feed. The dedication and resilience it took <laughs> to get this absolute poor, nonsense poor onto Dave the internet. After like this, like I don't know, it was close to an hour recording. He's just like, "Oh no!" And it was, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. Like that's it was that's a good the, episode. It, it was a good yeah. episode. If we if we cover off over the same jokes or moments, just um, let's just agree to laugh in the exact same way. And pretend yeah. like it's the first time. You had we've a heard few it. really good jokes actually last episode. Go and on. It's sad that those aren't those aren't going to be enjoyed. I I really thought you were coming into your own. Oh, the, oh just like this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, overall thoughts. I wrote iconic moments, terrible radio, because this is the one where Ricky seems to really lay down. The important phrase in this early run of the series, which is, Carl, you might be the most interesting man I've ever met. But then yes. they get on to the quiz, which is a shambles. It's a good example of why you should try out your games before you bring them on air. Uh, so some really I get, I, or can, or, or iconic moments where it feels like the show clicks in a way that it hasn't before. Mm. But um, now, it's a bit of a mess. I- Listen to this in the COVID testing line. I went to a drive-through, uh, you know, testing center, and it, I was in there for three hours waiting in the car. So that's the context I was listening to this in. And um, you mentioned I was looking through the uh, while I was in this car park, just sitting there waiting to be tested. I was looking through the comments, and someone, one of the top comments, has pinpointed the exact time code the exact moment that they reckon that this show changes forever and it's when carl says you might be the most interesting man oh, sorry ricky says to carl you might be the most interesting man on the planet so there's not many there's not many times that you can pinpoint with a time code with a second when uh the course of a show changes forever and there's not many other like stories of entertainment where we're privy to this like to have this access to hearing this relationship develop, like, in front of our ears. 
and you're mm. hearing that moment because at this stage they're not really hanging out with one another outside of the radio show so it's all happening right there like I'm trying to think of other equivalents um, I guess in a way in a weird way it's it's really what reality TV was originally or what a reality TV was meant to be like a replication of something that was real uh, whereas now obviously it's been pushed so far that it's ironically so dramatized that it's as scripted as scripted television now but you know that wasn't the original idea and it's funny in a lot of these episodes you hear them kind of riffing on certain ideas there's a there's a part in this episode where they're kind of they're laughing at people giving updates about the day-to-day life you know, they go to Carl and he gives them a very mundane answer and they go, no, we're not just asking what you're doing at 7.32 last night. And someone mentioned in the YouTube comments as well, did they just invent Facebook and Twitter in that moment? <laughs> you know, so there's, there's kind of this foreshadowing of where the world is going through well, all these Remember, episodes. Steve invented YouTube a uh, couple of episodes earlier. It might have even been the last episode where he said, oh, just put that video of Ricky on Razzmatazz on a website and just put it on a loop. Um, yeah. And yeah. so, and so, it is this like you know, it's this birth of this radio show, but it's also at a very interesting time culturally, where there's like this shift, the the birth of the internet, really. Totally agree. You mentioned just then that you're in a COVID testing line. Uh, that is why you were away last week. You were really sick, and um, I was sick. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling now? Uh, yeah, well, I'm much better. I just went past that COVID testing line. I went to the supermarket to get my essential food and the line is four times long today. So I'm like, how long are those guys going to be there? So you were there three three hours in total? Yeah. Yeah. Three hours in total. And, uh, I don't want to make this episode because we have recorded this episode before. Yeah. We're going to try to not go over the same territory because it's, we don't want to, you know, fake conversations. But I would like to bring to light a great joke Dave told in the last episode because the guy who tested me, he sticks the thing up my nose, then he sticks it down my throat, and then he wraps it. As he goes to wrap it up, after three and a half hours of me waiting, he dropped it in the car park, but then he didn't come back. He didn't (laughs) make me do it again. So I was worried that it was contaminated onto the ground. And Dave said, well, the test result might come back as clear of covid but you might need an oil change. And I thought that was an excellent joke, Dave. See, that is a good joke. That's not what I said. <laughs> you, what did you say? You've punched it up. I think I was in my excitable. I was like, oh, you've, you've, uh, you've, you've tested to an oil leak or something. So thank you for cleaning it up and actually turning it into uh, um, something recognizable as a joke. Well, I thought it was good. I didn't want that one to be. I didn't want that one to slide down the gutters of uh, Vox Pro, the program that we were recording in that crashed on us. Thank you. One other thing I want to I want to re ask is because you waited in line for three hours and then had the test, which in Australia is they're still sticking swabs into your brain and then down your throat using the same swab. I wanted to know is that still happening where in your part of the world? Email us, carlypilkboyspod at gmail.com. Or have you moved on to, like, I'm watching a lot of Olympics at the moment, Zach, and they're talking about, like, the spit tests, which are mm. the rapid spit tests. Is so, that like, the seven minute one? Yeah, it's or 15 or seven or 15. It's really quick. So, I'm curious if it is just us who are still um, doing a COVID test slash frontal lobe, front lobotomy. <laughs> CarlyPilkBoys at gmail.com, which brings us nicely to the emails. few emails about um, you being sick and missing last week's episode. A few people wishing you well, Zach. And the my favourite from Edward, all it said, the email, he better be in hospital. That is how seriously people are taking this show. Imagine if I did it from the hospital, because we're doing it remote now. I could just bring the microphone in from from the bed. Really, with technology, there is no excuse to ever miss recording a hobby podcast, which we are both doing just (laughs) (laughs) for fun. Um, Yeah, in hospital, in jail. Well, you're here today. I'm not sure if you can hear at the moment my dog's outside crying because they want to come in. They're fine. It's, It's 27 degrees and clear blue skies in Brisbane today in the middle of winter. It's a 
beautiful day outside. They can stay on the balcony for a bit longer. You might also hear my uh, nine-month-old baby crying in the background. But that's that's what we're doing. We're in lockdown. We're, we're rolling with it. Yeah, we're all crying. Get over yourself. Um, is <laughs> I thought you were going to say my nine-month-old's crying. She'll be fine. I'll. <laughs> We'll finish in about oh, my, an sorry, hour okay. or so. I should uh, elaborate. My wife is outside with her. I haven't just put her outside the door and said, Dad's got important podcasting business. He's listening to a 20-year-old radio show and then <laughs> and then expressing his opinions on it. You wait out here for 40 minutes. If you need anything, the dogs are there. They can help you out. <laughs> uh, the other email is from Keith, and it says, All right, you Aussie twonks. Just thought I'd drop you a line responding to your question about Carl on other shows. He did a short run with Russell Brand, and Russell also treated Carl like an idiot. I felt somehow indignant on Carl's behalf. It somehow feels wrong for anyone other than Ricky and Steve to abuse the K-Man. Now, this is the uh, this was like a fill-in show that he did, I think, on BBC Radio 6 in that purgatory time of year between Christmas and New Year. Uh, it was like a late night show. It's out there on the internet. I do, I do recommend it. I think at this point, Carl had become a bit more well known as as Carl Pilkington. So it was sort of the joke, I think, at that point, for people to make fun of him for his uh, unique take on life. But and was uh, uh, Russell Brand quite big at this stage as well? Two thousand six. Good <coughs> question. Yeah. Uh, when did Forgetting Sarah Marshall come out? Yeah, I think at time. I think within the UK, certainly, because I know he got in trouble for uh, an MTV thing where in 2004 where he came out at the MTV award, like Europe Awards, dressed as Osama Bin Laden, doing some right. really edgy comedy, and he got in a lot of trouble for that. So this is a couple of years after that. So How maybe funny not- is it we could do a similar, you know, I don't know that much about Russell Brand, but I see his uh, YouTube videos pop up now where he's kind of doing it. It's a lot of philosophy and stuff. The truths. Yeah, and so, like, it's funny how both these guys, Ricky and Russell, have had these long journeys where they're now doing things quite differently to where they start. A long journey to becoming unfunny and believing that they have all the answers. Sorry, that's a bit too maybe, salty. Maybe. Um, yeah, um, yeah, so get in touch. Uh, emails. Sorry. Oh, man. Look, yeah, we are going to try to avoid saying this too much, but... Oh, those emails were so much better the first time we recorded them. The reactions were real because I don't tell Zach about the emails before we get on and record. Anyway, send us some new ones. CarlyPilkBoysPod at gmail.com. Loving all the emails. I am still getting to all of them. So get in touch with uh, whatever. Comments, observations, questions, correct us on things. Uh, Okay, let's move on to UK News of the Day, 19th of January, 2002. Bong. Uh, still forgot to look up UK News of the Day like I did the first I was time. I wondering, we this is five days after we did it the first time. I was like, well, he's gonna, he'll probably look up some news then because he didn't have any for the first recording. I did no. start looking and then I realized that I still had the wrong date in the Google Doc. I still had last week. So I started putting in a news story, but then realized it was from the week before. So I thought, oh, forget it. <laughs> I'm just cares? I'm going to move on. Who cares? I think I-, I might be a bit more selective with whether or not I include that segment because yeah. sometimes okay. turns out the news for the most part is pretty dull or very depressing. Yeah. I, I- like dull. Share dull. Dull's Share dull? Fine. Okay. Yeah, that could be fun. All right. It'll really separate the wheat from the chaff. If you're not bored and don't turn off the podcast by the dullest news story I can find. And I love also uh, the guy who came up with the idea to review a 20-year-old radio show is now making comments on what's too dull to include. <laughs> like, like the bar of, of this. I was explaining this show to someone. They're like, oh, what's that podcast that you've been doing? And I explained it to them and they're like, I might give it a listen. I'm like, I can't stress this enough. The investment you're going to have to have to understand what's going on. You need to go to a unique YouTube account that's quite hard to find. And you're going to have to listen to a 45-minute podcast, basically, of Ricky Gervais. Then you're going to have to change platforms, find our podcast, find the corresponding episode and listen to 45 minutes of us talking 
about that episode. Fuck okay, yeah. so, so don't tell me, because you know when people do podcasts, they go, oh, check it out. I'm like, don't think, don't tell me you're going to check it out if you're not going to put the hour and a half per episode of work in to do it. I love that this is the probably one of the most inaccessible podcasts <laughs> that's available. You really need to have had a history. But that's what, yes. uh, that you know, that, that makes it more special. It's not for casual listeners. It's for... It's hard to get into. It's for the people that really know. And if you know, you know, and you'll well, appreciate. That's the impression I get. The impression I get is that there are a number of people like you, Dave, who these references, they actually don't really need to go back and listen because they actually remember all the stories. It sticks. It sticks if you just have that, that makeup um, in your mind <laughs> where... I can't remember family members' birthdays, but I remember where Ricky Gervais went on holiday with his mum and his dad when he, when he was a kid um, after just listening to that episode the first time. I don't know. It's a special kind of weirdo. So, anyway, thank you for coming along on this ride. That's The thing is, Zach, like, I'm not looking for the whole world to listen to this. No. Just enough weirdos like myself, and hopefully I'm converting you over the run of this show. I liked this episode. Okay. It's very fun. Let's get into the air check. Series one, episode nine. Very long first break. And Carl offers some words of wisdom, which everyone who works in radio should uh, adhere to. Never swear in an on-air studio. Have you been picked up on a hot mic before when you're not meant to? Once I was talking negatively about an engineer who... <laughs> Could hear me from the engineering area. Oh, that's pretty funny. But I've had. I I've never had, left a microphone on and it's gone to air, and I've been saying things. I did that once in community radio, but the thing is, with what Carl's worried about is if you're playing pop music or rock music, and if you're not talking directly. So right now, and when you're in a radio studio, the microphone is an inch away from your face, and then once you go to the songs, you kick back and you talk off mic, and then if you put a song over the top of that, it's extremely difficult to hear what they're saying. You might hear muffling, like a muffled voice, but it, it would be pretty hard to actually be... Unless it was over, like, silence, like you accidentally didn't play a song or uh, it was over ads, possibly. But it wouldn't really matter. You couldn't... It'd be hard to hear. So, I've left the mics on before and, like, I listened back to it and I could... I was talking to um, someone in the background and you could vaguely hear it. But, like, you couldn't I've hear it. I've left the mic on and However, after I- a competition spot um, and, and I've been collecting their phone number and I've left the microphones on. So, it's like, congratulations, you're going to the movies. Uh, oh, great, cool. All right, next chance to win is coming up after one. Blah, like ads and stuff. And then you hear me go, hey, congratulations, what's your what's your phone number? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Cool. And also I have, because I, like, I'm the anchor of the breakfast show that I'm soon to leave, but I've always run the desk no matter what I'm doing in radio. I've On my first day of this breakfast radio show that I'm leaving soon, um, I left the microphones on uh, at the, after the end of a break and one of the hosts said fuck really loudly directly into the microphone and you could absolutely hear it. Wow, there you go. Yeah. You should have heeded Carl's advice. Or I he should have. I know. Your co-host. But have, first of all, I don't know this about you. Do, did you run the desk ever? Um, back in community radio, yeah. Not in what... We had a complicated setup on the night show. We kind of had like... I had buttons but not the desk do you get what i mean so you i had, had your own hot sound effects yeah because because oh, i wanted to play a lot of sound effects and a lot of grabs like i would throw to a lot of news grabs and like um different things that had been happening around and i wanted to play those and it was much easier for me to do it because i wanted my co-host who was running the panel to react to him and i thought well i don't want i want him to it to be unexpected the things that are playing you know what i mean and so, yeah, I had buttons, but he ran the desk and then he got off the desk and we got a producer to run the desk. Um, yeah, so we did like a lot of different setups, but I have experienced doing the desk um, myself, not for many years, though. Uh, this is getting very inside radio, but I just imagine the concept of saying to your boss or the engineering department, hey, I want my own little um, controller that I can fire off my own grabs. Yeah, I imagine asking for that and they would say, no, go away. We've yeah, got I our kept own pushing thing. for it because I knew it was possible. 
And uh, do you want to know what we did? Yes. Anyone who's in radio out there? So we were using Next... No, we were using Zeta, which is a playout system. And what we did is created a remote access from a laptop to the page. And then, so I created a new button bar, which I had full screen, but it was it was remote accessing to the, um, you know, the main desk, but the main desk was still running it, but I was kind of like um, proxying in kind of thing. Okay. And it worked. It worked super well. It was like, so you, so what I mean is like, so they could communicate to each other. So he would update, they would update it from the main computer and it would show up on my screen. I was just like, uh, I like had a window onto the screen kind of thing, if that makes any sense. And that was vaguely, I vaguely remember that's what we did and it worked super well and was way easier to set up than what everyone said it was going to be. Of course. I think we've achieved a new level of niche with that's that really niche. <laughs> little conversation. Oh, you can join us for our other podcast where we review radio playout systems <laughs> and which ones are our favorites <laughs> and which ones aren't very good. Like, comment and subscribe. Uh, okay. Also, the uh, Carl's description in this first break of... Uh, how he looks. Moby, if he had a tough paper round. That was pretty funny. Something very very poetic in that. Very poetic from Carl. But it's funny too because I think of Carl and I'm like, no, you don't. You're much older than that. But I'm thinking of a Carl 20 years on. You know, he was 27 he's not even 30. at this stage or 28 no, he's or something. Tw- he's 29, 29. Steve is 27 or 8. He had his birthday in one of the earlier episodes. I've already forgotten. Uh, but yes, they're all, they're all uh, well, except for Ricky, really quite young when this is happening. So, break two is the story of Steve how, uh, when he got his driver's license and drove his parents' Volvo estate to a party and the whole story uh, around that, which is very comedic and ends with Steve losing out, like, get his love rival, his perceived love rival, having to rescue his parents' car out of the field that they were stuck in, which, Zach, I think is made up. I think that that ending is just Steve is... a. a, a clever enough comedy mind that he knows that's a better story that's a better ending to have like you know the the joke be on him what do you feel about that are you okay if he's just made it up yeah yeah i don't know uh kind of ruins it for me it's not as interesting if it fizzles out yeah it was like oh i'm stuck in this field and i started crying and then i'd realized oh if i just edge it out very but if i was talking uh, to a friend and they had a crazy story the i'd be laughing and the first thing i'd say is is that i'd go no way did that actually happen and they get no no i just made it up and then i'd just i'd I'd instantly stop laughing and be like oh okay it's not funny then there's a weird (laughs) thing what is it about us that like that's why on movies they have based on a true story why is something being a true story add more value. I don't know why, but it does. Mm, well, you know, they say truth in comedy is um, a very important uh, part of element of the uh, whole pursuit. That uh, <clears throat> um, what? I uh, if he's made it up, it does ruin it a little bit for me. It ruins it for you. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Okay, I'll. Be sure to never, ever lie to you. No, it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe people are like, no, it doesn't matter. We, we know when someone's telling a story. I don't mind exaggerating as long as you keep the essence of the story true. And I guess maybe he did do that. I may, maybe, you know, yeah. the idea that he's being humiliated by in front of these, uh, these people that he's, uh, he's attracted to, these cool people and these girls that he wants to date. Yeah, maybe the, that's the essence of the story. And then the details, it doesn't really matter. The point is he's just being humiliated. Yeah. Also, I'm purely speculating on a 20-year-old sh- uh, story, maybe or even longer um, since when it actually happened. So who knows? It probably was like word for word true. Um, the other thing, detail of the story, is how they drove into a field to chase a pig, Vera. And the first time we recorded this, I asked you, Zach, what do you think is the first thing that comes up in Google, like when it autofills, when you type in "are potbelly pigs" and then what does it autofill? You got it. You hit the nail on the head. Boom. You said real, real. So for this time around, what's the second thing that comes up uh, when you type in "are potbelly pigs"? Ah, mm, uh, small. No. Good guess, though. What is it? The answer is, are potbelly pigs good pets? Ah, uh, that's... Yeah, I should have got that. 
Yeah. What is a potbelly <sighs> pig? A potbelly pig is a uh, Vietnamese breed of pig, and they are bred for uh, regular pig reasons to be <laughs> cut up into a thousand com- pieces. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. No. <laughs> Companionship and love. Not to be cut up in every which way and eaten in various dishes. Uh, Ricky also says in this for, in this second break, uh, I don't want to go to the Radio Authority again. I love those little indications that you hear a little bit of a clue as to what's going on in the background. They've definitely had the, had the complaint about the early... Uh, earlier episode and they're dealing with that behind the scenes about the cock stuff and he also says just remember tom bins which i looked up uh tom bins in 1999 london-based radio station xfm was fined fifty thousand pounds following complaints regarding the use of coarse sexual innuendo when discussing a bestial pornography video with a listener during the tom bins breakfast show Parent company Capital Radio decided not to sack bins, but in a meeting shortly after the fine was issued, the radio authority made it clear to Capital Radio that this would negatively affect the decision to renew the XFM license. Mm, that's what they—that's what the radio stations always worried about. The two things are they're worried about losing revenue from advertisers, and the big bad one, losing your license or getting restrictions put on your license. It's funny because they're not actually worried about, yeah. uh, you know. The, the kids in the cars and their innocence being protected or worried about people being offended. Sometimes they make it out that that's what they're worried about. It's about the hard cash. A lot of livelihoods at stake. Well, that's true, yeah. A lot of livelihoods at stake if uh, <laughs> if a license is taken away. Has that ever happened? And, um, I know they used to... I No, like a lot, lot of... Condi- so... A lot of conditions have been placed following serious breaches um, here in Australia where it's like, we're not going to take your license away, but you, everyone in your who works for you has to take this training every six months for the next three years. Um, and I've lived through that. That was, that was fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, that's, there you go. A little, little like, I, I like clarifying details that are just said as thrown away uh, things on this show, and then getting the backstory. Break three. Carl watches Mr. Exorcist. So we are zeroing in on this really iconic moment coming up. Carl is starting to like. He's starting to speak more in this episode. He's starting to come alive. Uh, he says that animals can sense the supernatural, and just very casually, our family said, "Well, budgies have weak hearts." So I googled, "Do budgies have heart attacks?" and Google told me, just like humans, pet birds, particularly the long-lived species, can suffer from heart disease, falling victim to hardening of the arteries, high cholesterol, and heart attacks. I imagine a budgie heart or any bird's heart beats quite fast because they 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 oh, rapidly because they have to like flap their wings a lot, don't they? I feel yeah. like I'm a bit like Carl here in this explanation, but you know, <laughs> flap their wings. yeah, like you know, it would take a lot of blood flow to keep your wings flapping. I would think so. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't have thought that it was a well-known fact that budgies have weak hearts. I imagine that a, an animal with a weak heart wouldn't be able to fly. I imagine being able to fly is a strong-hearted attribute. Yeah. Emus, they can't fly. They're birds. They got weak hearts. Of course. Yeah. Also, how does a how does a bird get high cholesterol? That's what I was wondering. Too much Unless it's being fed. Yeah, pepperoni. Oh, I was going to say pepperoni. Wow, we're on the same page. And... um. You know, likes a drink and a smoke. If you ever see a pet budgie smoking, just slap it out of its beak. Don't you know you guys have weak hearts? So irresponsible. Uh, Yeah, Carl, he um, shares with Ricky and Steve that he thinks that he has a real spiritual point to make. A a, a proof of uh, of ghosts or... or, yeah, I think it is that, right? The undead. The, uh, the supernatural. Spirit. Yeah, supernatural. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, because he says that the budgie was acting strangely one day. And mm. a budgie... And so, the hypothesis is that the budgie has seen a ghost. Uh, and Carl's rationale is that a budgie wouldn't know how to lie. Or doesn't have any incentive to lie about it. <laughs> so, yeah, it has to be... The, the budgie's word has to be trusted. <laughs> This isn't the last time that Carl will cite that an animal's reaction is proof to the existence of the supernatural. 
<laughs> right, okay, this is an underlying value he has. Yeah, there is that, that like, well, they're purely innocent. So, uh, and, yeah. and they, he seems to b- believe that animals have this extra sensitivity to the uh, supernatural that well, humans What I don't understand, possible. why would an animal react to the supernatural? Because everything is supernatural to an animal. Like, when a car goes past, what do they think that is? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, it's a giant machine that's flying past at speed. Yeah. Why, wouldn't that, why wouldn't they deem that to be supernatural? Like, oh. when, if, 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 if they're seeing a ghost who portrays the shape of a human, if anything, that would be very, um, that would be very uh, pedestrian to them every day because they see humans all the time. Why would that be something to catch their attention? I would be more likely to think that they'd be freaked out by planes, trains, cars man-made objects when they go into the city have they ever been into the cbd a jungle of cement and wouldn't that freak them out more they uh, pets don't uh, don't see them as supernatural and they sadly often don't even see them as a threat to their well-being no dogs and cats are very woeful when it comes to traffic laws and the rules of the road. So I just, I just think like I think pets. I was thinking this about my baby the other day. I'm like, well, no, like you know these crazy. I'm thinking like, what does she think of the trees? Well, she thinks of the trees the same thing she thinks about anything. It's just it's all new information. Everything she sees is new information. Similar with dogs. It's like why would I just don't understand? Like every they don't understand anything. So why would they freak out when they saw a ghost? Because that would be no different to when I appear out of this room right now to my dog, I'm appearing out of nowhere. Like, they don't know where I've been. You know, you say, like, all new information to a baby. Has your baby ever gotten bored with anything yet? Well, she constantly gets bored with things. You know, she plays with things and then moves on and then plays with things. Is it she gets bored or something else takes her attention? Yeah, I think something else takes her attention. Yeah. I haven't seen her roll her eyes. And, you know, she's not giving me feedback on the voices I'm doing. Okay, I'm like, oh, yeah, come on, wind it up. I've seen this one before. It's a bit derivative, to be honest. Giving you a thumbs down or turning <laughs> her chair slowly. <laughs> yeah, or booing. When, oh, man, that's I a was big day the in other every day's life. The first time you get heckled by your child. I was thinking the other day, just a good old-fashioned boo in everyday life isn't used often enough. It's, it's 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 quite effective as a deterrent to something. If you boo someone, it feels bad. What's some, what's an everyday doing... situation where a boo could? Uh, so they go deterred. like, hey, what should we do tonight? Oh, I'm thinking we should have pizza. Boo. <laughs> okay, Zach, well. No what... pizza. Okay, how about um, we get Thai? Do you want Thai? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, if you're going to boo, you need to then... If it's something you agree with, you need to do the opposite, which is cheer or applaud. That's right. I just think those could be incorporated in day-to-day life a little more. More behavior like you're in a studio audience. At That's an ev- right. <laughs> That's something we can take into our everyday life. Break four, the iconic break. 15 minutes in, Ricky says, seriously, you might be the most interesting man in the world. And they then go on to talk about what makes Carl so special? They, 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 they see it, and this is where it all happens, which then for the next several years goes on to make all of them lots of money. And I'm still thinking about, uh, Zach, how you pointed out earlier that if it was a different radio announcer or if Carl was on a different show, he might have said the exact same things, but they would have just, like, moved on. What was the particular thing that he says? What does what does Ricky react to? It's not even anything that particularly interesting. He's just <laughs> continuing the story of Mr. Exorcist, and he's talking about like, oh, I was watching uh, UK Lifestyle, um, and like, oh, I was watching that room. It's like changing rooms, but like, it's the less fancy one. And it was just something about that picture painting which really seemed to tickle Ricky and made him stop mm. down like that. See, that's why I actually think they're a duo, not, you know, because it does take, uh, see, because I wouldn't have found that particularly interesting, but he obviously saw something in it, um, a sparkle, and he's like, there's something there, there's something there, I've I've got to keep digging. I think uh, Carl works as much for what he says as it is 
Ricky and Steve's reaction to what he says. Mm. Oh, 100%. 100%. You often laugh at reactions more than you laugh at jokes. That's why it's important to, uh, you know, if you watch, start watching uh, comedies on TV, like often after the jokes, they cut to reactions, you know, in scripted television even, and you actually laugh at the, you're getting a gauge of in this world, how is this person treated? And that's, uh, in the American office, that's Jim looking to camera and doing a little face because he's indicating this is what the hell is going on. And so in that moment, he's us. He's he's giving us a voice as an audience to go like, oh, this guy knows this is weird. And so we have an avenue into this story, whereas he's surrounded by these characters that could never exist. Uh, Dwight and Michael Scott and stuff like this. And so like you know, I've made sketches before and this was a lesson I learned. We rushed. We made this sketch a few years ago with the ABC in Australia. It was like this program for like young uh, you know, groups, comedy groups. Fresh blood. Yeah, that's it. And we um we shot we had like an hour to shoot in this studio. And it's just awful. The sketch is awful. Um we just we could only shoot tights like a single shots on each of the characters and it just cuts together horribly, horribly. And one of the big things I realized about it was that, um, you, 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 the audience doesn't know what this is meant to be. It was like a parody of something, a satire of kind of satirizing it in a really awful way. Like it was not good. And I wrote it by the way. So I'm allowed to say this, the, um, but it was like, um, there was, it's like, what world am I in here? Are they, do these characters know they're weird? Do they not know they're weird? Does anyone, um, like, what are, the, what are people reacting to what they say? But we didn't have time to shoot any reactions. So we're only shooting people saying lines, then moving on. And it was just awful. And I learned from that. I'm like, oh, there's so much in reactions. That gives you time to digest. It gives you time to have context to the line. And also, like, this is a good example Ricky is giving us context that it's funny what Carl's saying. In another context, if people react in silence, it's awkward what Carl's saying. And so when someone laughs, we go like, oh, it's funny. We're having fun here. Carl's saying silly things and we all think it's silly. Whereas like, if, if everyone just went silent and just went, oh, Carl, that's a bit weird, it would feel really awkward. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, totally. I also think you, you saying that made me think that if the show was three Carl's, just all agreeing with each other and saying, no, yeah, yeah, budgies uh, do. There, they sense ghosts. Yeah, well, my mum had a budgie and she uh, <laughs> saw that there was a poltergeist. It just wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't have that that moment to go, well, this, what is happening is hilarious. Let's all break enjoy the tension. it. Yeah. You know, and that's what Ricky's doing by laughing and going, no, say that again, say that again. Uh, he's breaking the tension because we're all looking around going, you know, the tension is, is this guy for real? Like, what, what's going on here? Um, that's, that's a strange thing to say. And so you definitely need the Ricky. That's why in this episode, they talk about, I think, Carl's overnight show. And, you know, although I'd be interested to hear it, I wonder if it is as funny because, you know, there's no one to kind of, he'll just have these moments and move on. I think there's no one to kind of draw him out, react to him, uh, play off it. You see, Zach, what people get with this show is not only a very niche breakdown of a 20-year-old radio show, you've just provided some very sophisticated comedy analysis. Well, I hope so. I hope that's something that people can uh, learn something from. Learn from my mistakes. Comedy. Learn from why I thought why I looked at sketches I had made and I had to think, why the hell doesn't this work? Because you've got... Why is this awful? <laughs> Watch the best SNL sketches on YouTube. There's always the character who points out what is happening is weird. That's exactly... Do you want to know what the solution I came to? So, the sketch was... it was it, We were doing parodies of ABC shows because ABC is the national broadcaster in Australia and they do a lot of uh, content targeted at older demographics, gen- the boomers. And we the concept of all our sketches was that they were reinventing for millennials. Mm. And this is, you know, five or six years ago. And so they did something called the book club, which is literally a book club. Mm -hmm. So everyone in the country or everyone who watches it reads a book together during the week. And then 
they have people on it to review the book on Friday night or whatever. And so we went on the same set and we did the Facebook club. And the idea was that we were reviewing Facebook statuses. Now, I think the concept in itself Funny is premise. fine. The exe- that's where it ended. And that's sometimes what happens with with sketch ideas is just the the premise is the funniest thing about it. And so it was just horribly executed. And I realized afterwards what would have made it 10 times better is if we had a character in that panel who thought they were on the book club and they came to the wrong set. And so they were the ones pointing out, Hey, am I in what's going on here? They're the real person, you know, going like, these characters are really strange. They're talking about Facebook statuses as if they're high art. Um, but without that, it was just like, what is this? <laughs> like, yeah, what? like this is just—it's three cars. That's you've gone from <laughs> it's, you've it's gone three cars. You've gone from A to B. Then introducing that third character would have been going like A to B to C. Yeah, which is the so, like, taking thinking that well, what's that next layer um, of comedy? You see that? And, with- uh, no one can watch that sketch because it no longer is on the internet. So. I have I'm thankful for that. You can't find like the or, or sift through the collective noun archives and find it. No, we never. It was never on our assets. It was on like iView, but it only had like a two year license, and that's been that's well and truly gone. Oh man! Well, look, you can still go watch the collective noun presenting um, Smash Mouth All Star as a TED Talk. That's on YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, that one's all right. And that's just... Uh, that one, that, one, that, that one actually kind of goes, goes against what you've just been saying. It is the most simple premise, but that is where the beauty in it lies. Uh, go check that one out. Steve also, in this break, introduces the segment White Van Carl, which goes on to become a long-running feature of the show where they ask the questions in the Sun newspaper that they ask to the white van man, the every man on the street, and they just ask them to Carl. But in this first one, they mix it up a little bit. They uh, they solicit for email questions for Carl. Anyway, you've heard the episode. You know what I'm talking about. I'm just telling you things you already know. Um, moving on to, uh, well, break five is just the, the, the discussion about Stevie Wonder having a driver's license, which is ridiculous. Uh, I, had, I have no notes on that <laughs> break. It's just nonsense. Yeah. I feel yep. like there's a few things here, like with the van one as well. Then it, it, it doesn't, it's, they're not hitting every ball out of the park. You know, not yet. They've kind of stumbled upon something that kind of works, but, you know, some things Carl doesn't have interesting things to say on, some things he doesn't have opinions on. Sometimes yeah. it's just like, oh, okay, that's not particularly funny. We'll just move on. This early part, they're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing seeing what sticks. And some of it is good and some of it obviously is, is not good. Um, like this competition to give away no, Incubus the, tickets. This is the best part, in my opinion. Also, like the first question for Carl, the, the thing about the Barbie doll, why can a Barbie doll not be real? <laughs> and Ricky really, I think, overreacts to like the stupidity of the question. It's not that stupid. Like what It just doesn't Carl's make going sense. For. It's just clunky. Yeah, yeah. Um, Carl would rather die than live in a post-apocalyptic world. Agree or disagree, Zach? Uh, no, I'd like to live in a post-apocalyptic world. No, sorry, I wouldn't like to live. I would like it as opposed to death. What, what in your mind, what, what kind of post-apocalyptic world is it? Are we talking well, zombies? One. Are we talking yeah, zombies. nuclear fallout? No, I don't like nuclear fallout. I don't like anything where there's a disease that I have to avoid. Because that seems like... See, zombie... If I was to die from a zombie's hand, that happens pretty quickly, doesn't it? Um, no. Doesn't you it? walk you walk around with no, 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 concealing sorry, the bite on your hand oh, yeah, from your yeah. fellow well, survivors. within 12 hours or something, though. It's not like a virus or a... Um, you know, nuclear, that scares me. Radiation poisoning. I don't want that. So, I'd probably rather something where I could... Uh, you know, and I'd know how to defend myself from zombies. I don't know how to defend myself from viruses and stuff like that, you know? I can't imagine many situations where society completely collapses where I wouldn't look for a gun to turn on myself. <laughs> really? It just doesn't seem like a fun place. I would love to go into the mountains, clear out some a section, start growing my own vegetables, have a shack... It, you Do you know, know how, how to grow your own vegetables? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, okay. Well, if you're equipped, if you're like a regular Bear grills, 
then you can have a great time growing veggies and drinking your own piss. But not drinking my own piss, but the uh, having my spot in the hills growing my own vegetables, that's kind of the dream anyway. So, like, that seems like a delight. Wow. Is that, is that Zach, can we expect that you're just going to disappear one day and just go off grid? Uh, Maybe yeah, once your kids are grown up and Almost certainly going to happen. And you'll just become legend. Did Zach I, I won't go off grid. Exist? No, I want an internet connection. My, you know, I've got to have a podcast booth in the house. <laughs> you'll be off grid except for the occasional TikTok sketch. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> got to keep making content. Um they throw a lot of would-you-rathers at Carl. Mermaid or, mermaid or unicorn, body of a fish or body of a horse. Um, I love how sincere his answers are, how seriously he's taking it. He's really considering, you know, the differences. He's really imagining it in his mind. Uh, break eight is a music chat. And Steve and Ricky riff about Steve's looks and his relations to women. I love any time that... It's probably like the one thing in this show where like Ricky, uh, Carl is not a part of that I really genuinely like. I really like whenever Steve and Ricky riff or mm. get into like fall into a little character scene between two people. I just think they're really good at it. They've got great mm. chemistry and timing. Ricky, um, you know, they're both good, but Ricky in particular starts to come out uh, not of his shell, but, you know, to be honest, I feel like it's not a confidence thing. I think he is confident, but he does get... Uh, there's more area for him to play as it goes on and he kind of takes the reins a little bit and goes on runs and it's really funny. And maybe that's where he's getting, you know, that's maybe the start of his stand-up kind of, I don't know, but he is very good at riffing. Uh, and this is around the time that he's doing or preparing for Animals, his first stand-up show. First and best, so say I. Hey, Zach, I'm getting really nervous because we're getting so close to the end that something yeah. is going to horribly go wrong. I've got one bar on my battery left. Okay. Well, let's just skip because I'm just looking at what else. Is, they, they go on about Dr. Fox and Simon Cowell. They don't work, haven't worked out how to give away the Incubus tickets. Um, oh, The last great thing, the real shambles radio thing, is when they do get a winner and Carl is talking to her off mic while they're still on air. That is just... <laughs> So, Carl's Champagne the panel radio. operator. He's pressing the button, so he has to play the song. But he's also the person... Usually, you know, on big radio shows, you have a number of people to cover these positions. So, he also has to take the person's details down uh, of the award winner. What he chooses to do is to ask them to cover him. <laughs> uh, Ricky and Steve, you continue talking while I go off to take down this person's details. But you can, he's still in the same room. Like, he doesn't leave yeah. the room. That's not distracting at all, someone else having a whole and then, separate And then Ricky and, Ricky and Steve just start a different conversation. It's not, it's not in line with what they're talking about <laughs> at all. It's just really just the ultimate uh, padding small talk. Mm. Um, well, in the final break before they, they wrap up on the Led Zeppelin song, the last thing is just the, the, the disheartening stories of when... They tried to do the right thing and and uh, got like shit treated like shit for it. Like that, Steve's the trying to be a good Samaritan on the tube, and um, Ricky getting called a prat by a passing police officer. Uh, the suspicious package story. It just uh, yeah, really. I hate these like, stories because you think this all the time, don't you? You're always in two minds. Even with those were kind of bigger things, but even um, you know this is you know I got a flu vaccine the other day and it had a list of things you were meant to tell the tell the, the doctor about. And even, you know, the thing I brought up, you know, it's a super long list. The guy's like, eh, nah, don't worry about it. But I'm like, I don't... Like, does he feel like I'm an idiot now? Because it was one of the things on the list. And I'm like, but I know it's not a problem, but it's said to bring it up. And yeah. so now I was just trying to do the thing that you asked me to do. Am I putting you out? You know, you just start double-guessing yourself a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. And also, like this, like the suspicious package thing. Can you imagine just how, like, even now, how often that would go on? But in the wake of nine eleven, like the amount of spurious or like, call outs the police would have gotten, the amount of scares would have kept them very busy. Even the most patient, like, uh, officer probably would have ended up throwing a bag of dirty clothes at some good Samaritan. Who knows? Um, and, yeah, finally, they wrap up the show with the Led Zeppelin song. Uh, 
key phrase, important phrases in the development of Ricky Steve's and Steve's relationship with Carl. It's got to be the Ricky moment. Seriously, you might be the most interesting man in the world. Uh, Favourite bit, Zach? Definitely uh, the moment you can hear Carl off mic, but also Carl's kind of deliberation when he's thinking about what should we do? How am I going to solve this problem? When they say, well, Ricky's the one who points it out. Like he says, wow, who are you going to take down our details? How are we going to do this? And Carl has to think about it for a second and then comes up with an awful solution. <laughs> what's what, what's oh, Carl doing there? What? Who's he talking to? I don't, he's talking to her, but what? Say again? Let's, quick, let's think of something. Come hey, on. Tell her, are you still on this line? No, she's, he's picked up the phone now. So what am so I doing? Sh- we're giving away, we're, we're letting people behind the curtain. Let's keep up this veneer of professionalism. This is so rubbish. Come on, no, 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 don't, okay. don't draw attention to it. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'll sign off on that. Also, just the, the moment when it all clicks. You, you, uh, quite seriously, right, you might be the most interesting man in the world. I, I'm fascinated by it. I'd like to follow you, I'd like to have a hidden camera on you, I'd, I can ask you any question. You know, it's... I'd like to have you in a cupboard in my flat. So I'm going, I just think about it. I wonder what Carl thinks of that. So next week, Series 1, Episode 10, we get to hear Carl's American accent, uh, among other things. So can't wait for that. Contact us, carlypilkboyspod at gmail.com. Zach Manda, look him up on TikTok. Uh, I sent you that video, Zach, of the people I do the radio show with, watching your one about the uh, kids' show Bluey. Which they just they they found yeah. organically. I didn't I didn't say like, hey, you should watch oh, really? uh, this my friend Zach's TikTok. No, they were just on it, oh, and it came up. I was worried. Yeah, I was worried that uh, when I first saw that, I was like, you sent me a video, and you just said they're watching your videos or something, and I was like, oh, where's this going? I was like, hopefully Dave's only sending me positive re- <laughs> responses. I'm like, I don't want to wake up to them going like, who is this? No, if they if they watched it and and started frowning and cursing you out i probably wouldn't have sent you the video but no they were smiling and laughing and and enjoying it um yeah follow zach on tiktok to see a grown man getting around uh wearing heelys or just a grown man on tiktok both either or both things that don't seem to be age appropriate Uh, follow david ferrier cartoons if you want on instagram Uh, I'm not really on TikTok, but also uh, if you if if you like this show and, and you know someone else who might like it, uh, someone else who has listened to these shows or maybe is wants to have a go around or is just saying to you, "Hey, I really want to get involved in something that will take a lot of my time," suggest that they listen to the Ricky Gervais show XFM early episodes and then listen to this companion podcast. Get them involved. Get them on the Carly Pilk Boys train. All right. It's a long journey, but we're glad you're here. So grateful to have every single one of you on board for this. And I think we did pretty well, to be honest with you. We've now recorded two hours of content about this episode. About the same and I think 45 we did pretty minutes. Well, I think we did pretty well not to go over the same territory. We pretty much talked about the opposite uh, breaks in the show that we talked about last Great time. Great job, Zach. That's the, that's the years of uh, experience paying off. anyway hopefully it didn't sound uh too repetitive to you yeah or too labored um okay zach we'll see you next week see ya bye hi i don't like moaning anyway just (laughs) 